you don't mind, I just have a few brief thoughts to share with you this morning. You know that we're in the middle of our sermon series for the month of January. We may let it trickle over into February a little bit, but we're in the middle of a sermon series that we're calling Cutting Wood, not cutting, cutting wood. And the idea is a bit comical, but cutting wood in the old days was your fuel source. It was the thing that drove the the well-being of your home and even your life. If you didn't have firewood cut, you couldn't warm yourself, you couldn't wash clothes, you couldn't cook food, you couldn't clean things. And uh, I'm grateful uh, that I don't live in those old days where I'm dependent on firewood. I like being able to turn a key and mash a button and get a gas fire going in my fireplace. I really like that. Uh, But the idea is that in those old days, no one was going to cut your firewood for you. There were some things that you had to do and some things that you had to understand about how life worked if you were going to live and continue on. And so we're talking about some spiritual truths this, uh, this month as we launch into 2023 together. Some things that nobody can do for you. Things that no one else can understand for you. There are ideas and concepts that we have to reach out and embrace for ourselves. We have to grab a hold of it and, and get the bull by the horns and sink our teeth into it for ourselves. And so we started in week one talking about seeking God. And that something we need to remember as believers is that we do have a responsibility to seek after God and to run after Him and that uh, He doesn't work for us and He's not our Santa Claus, but that He's someone who we run after Him with all of our might. And last week, we, as we spent time together, we began to understand that as we seek God, He begins to reveal purpose to us and that something we have to understand as born-again sons and daughters is that uh, you were put on this earth for more than to just live, but that He made us and He fashioned us and He formed us for a specific time and a specific purpose. And no two of us share the same destiny or the same purpose. And that, that purpose for us is a gift And that when we embrace it, everything in life begins to change. And so I want to push a little further into that idea today. And if you have your Bibles today, we're going to read from the book of John in chapter 5. John chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 1. John chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. John chapter 5 and verse 1 says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which in Hebrew, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these, in these porches, lay a great multitude of sick people, blind Lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel would come down at a certain time into the pool and stir up the water. 
Whoever stepped in the pool first when the water was stirred was made well of whatever disease they had. Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity for 38 years. Nudge your neighbor and say, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, Jesus knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time. And Jesus said to the man, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him and said, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another will step down in front of me. It's cutthroat out there, isn't it? Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well took up his bed and he walked and that day was the Sabbath day the Jews therefore said to the man who had been cured it's the Sabbath it's not lawful for you to carry your bed nitpicking Pharisees I'm telling you sometimes those guys get on my nerves just a little bit but the man answered to them and he said he who made me well said to me take up your bed and walk Then they asked him, Who is this man that told you to pick up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn because there was a multitude in that place. And afterward, Jesus found the man he'd healed in the temple, and he said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. If you don't mind, I'd like to pray just briefly. Lord, I ask that you anoint me to teach and to preach today. Holy Spirit, help me to speak clearly and accurately. Lord, I choose to trust in your ability and in your strength this morning. Lord, I know that your word will do what it has always done and that it will affect our lives and it will change us forever. So, Lord, we put our focus on you and our hope on you. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sarah, for playing for me. Just a few brief thoughts, if you don't mind. I want to approach this story in three parts. And the three parts that we want to focus on are the statements of Jesus in this story. And so if I can, we're just going to focus on part one, focusing on do you want to be made well? And so here in the story, I want to make a point to all of us here. It's something that I think we know, but it's something I want to remind us of, and that there is a man who has spent 38 years uh, being paralyzed and handicapped. We know he has some type of physical inability to get himself into the pool to heal himself or to receive healing for himself. And so uh, we couldn't say, I don't think for 38 years he's laid, lain by this pool, but for 38 years he has struggled with being paralyzed. And I think we need to analyze what that means for him in his life and that his inability to move 
is representative of that he's also unable to live a life. He is unable to engage in life. He's unable to enjoy the rewards of life because he's trapped in his own body, unable to move. And I find it so amazing that of all the holy men walking around the ancient holy city of Jerusalem that no one had, to our knowledge, no one had stopped to care for this man. No one had ever uh, showed up one day and said, no, I'm going to make sure that today's your day to get in the, in the pool and receive your healing. As a matter of fact, people were pushing him out of the way. So I would imagine if I was this man that my basic logic says, I'm going to wait right by the edge of the pool. So that if I catch the slightest disturbance in the water, I'm going to be the first guy to just Rambo roll right into the pool. But he even says that when I go to do that, even when I'm getting right to the edge of the pool, someone will push me out of the way or someone will grab me by the leg and pull me back and jump in there in front of me. I don't know about you, but... I think there's been some times in my life where I felt like right when I was starting to get somewhere, somebody grabbed me by the leg and pulled me back. Imagine the frustration that would build up within you over 38 years of watching everybody else get healed except for you. Imagine the frustration and the anger that you would have towards God or towards whatever it is. Scholars debate about whether or not it was an angel of the Lord that brought this healing. There, uh, we won't get bogged down in those details, but there's some debate there about who exactly is doing the healing. But just imagine watching for 38 years people being healed, knowing it's possible, it's out there. I've seen lots of other people get blessed, get healed, whatever the problem was in their life. I have watched watched the Lord fix it. I've watched people be put back together. Imagine the frustration of going 38 years watching everybody else get blessed except for you. Imagine the depression that would set in when you begin to understand that <clears throat> I am excuse me, I am trapped here and that I have been way, way, laying here, waiting here, believing that something would change and then it never does. Realizing that after 38 years, things are still more or less the same. I don't know about you, but that's a particularly cruel feeling. That's a cruel reality when we take it for what it is. And I would be willing to bet that there's some people in this room that it may not have been 38 years for you, but it has been some amount of time. It has been some situation, some circumstance. You're looking at the edge of the pool saying, when is things going to change for me? When am I going to get my word? When am I going to get my blessing? When is it going to happen for me? Does God see everyone else and he doesn't see me? I think if we're honest, we've all been there. We've all been tempted to hang out there. I know this, that there are people in life that because of the overwhelming circumstances of life, we've just chosen to make ourselves comfortable on our mat. You know, when you've, when you've sat there for so long and you've laid there for so long, the mat becomes your only friend. It becomes your only comfort. It becomes your identity. It's the thing that you lay on, you sleep on, you cry on. It's all you got is your mat. 
But I need to tell somebody something today. It was 38 years coming. But one day. But one day. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The Creator of the universe. The Word made flesh. Walked in the middle of those five porches one day. And he could have spoken to the great multitude of others that were there. But no, he came to a man who had been stuck for 38 years. Ain't nobody picking up what I'm putting down this morning. The one who holds time in his hand. The one who holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The one who has all authority. The one who can call legions down from heaven with just a word. When he said, let there be light, there was light. And in his presence, the hills, the scripture says, melt like wax. That man had been stuck there for 38 years and then just all of a sudden, here come the eternal one. The Lamb of God walked in the middle of five porches and he looked down at this man and said, do you want to be healed? I need to remind somebody of who our master is and who our savior is and who our king is. What is his nature? He is the kind of king that he's not put off or he doesn't turn his head away at the stench of your mat. Can't get no help on that side. I'm going to try over here today. Our King and our Lord, he's not, he's not intimidated to walk in the middle of brokenness and filth and disappointment and depression. He's not even afraid to walk into a room with death. He will step right in the middle of that thing and he'll start looking around saying, who in here wants to be healed today because I'm here today. And when he's in the room things can change and what was this way he comes in and now it can be this way because he has the power and authority to do it and there's some people you've been intimidated to even come to these altars because you thought you didn't deserve it or you didn't have enough hope or you said I'm okay for the guy down the road to get blessed but in 38 years he's not even lifted an eyebrow at me and I need to tell somebody today that there is a Lord and there is a Savior that He come for you today. He has come for you today. Today is your day. Now for 38 years, it might not have been your day, but guess what? Today can be your day. And there's no situation in which you find yourself that He's not willing to come down in the middle of it. There's no, it doesn't matter how low you go. There's no, there's no low that you can go to that he won't stop and stoop and look at you in your eyes and say, do you want to be healed? I'm telling you, if I could, I would climb the wall in my cowboy boots this morning. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Is there even a spark within you? Is there even a spark within you that'll say, I'm going to try one more time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe one more time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up when he calls my name one more time and go, today might be the day do you want to be healed.
Now, that preach is real nice, and I love it. And if I had somebody to hit that organ, a C major for me, we might have had a little bit of church right there. But now I want to stay true to the heart of this story because while I believe there was much rejoicing and shouting at the end of the story, I do believe that this was a very tender moment where Jesus walked to this man. And I'm just, I marvel that a, an, an infinite, immeasurable God made time and took time to enter into one broken man's pain. I'm not sure what the life expectancy was back then. I maybe need to research that, but here's, what I'm, here's the point I'm driving at. This man was in the middle of his life. And when Jesus walked up that day, there's no guarantee about what's going to happen next, but the Creator stopped time and stopped the world to meet this one man. And here's something that I want to tell you today is that Jesus is looking at you saying, do you want to be healed? And I'm concerned that we have, a, we have a worse reaction than the man in this story. And I know because I've, I've done it myself and I've watched it play out a thousand times in church. Jesus will come and he will hold out his hand and say, do you want to be healed? And we'll go, no. Why? Because you're so comfortable on your mat. There's some people, I love you enough, I'm going to risk making you mad at me today. You've fallen in love with your mat. And you've fallen in love with that bunch that you're hanging around down by the pool. Now that might be a healing pool of Bethesda. It might be the pool down in Mexico. I don't know. But you've grown too comfortable. And so what you've got to understand is that when Jesus shows up and says, Do you want to be healed? Everything is about to change. Everything is about to change. And so sometimes we struggle over, does he want to heal me? I think that we're putting a bad measuring stick on God. We know that God wants to heal. question is, what do you want? Because when we've lived broken for so long, we become accustomed to pity instead of compassion. That'll preach so good right there. If I ain't helping nobody else, I'm helping myself this morning. We'd rather have pity than compassion. We'd rather have a handout than help. We would rather have somebody pray for us or pray over us than to pray for ourselves. We'd rather live as slaves in Egypt than to be free and plow our own land in the promised land. He's looking at somebody and saying, do you want to be healed? If we want to receive healing, we have to let Jesus enter into our pain. You can't, I'm, I'm just going to flip a table this morning. Jesus can't heal pornography in you if you misdiagnose the sickness as something else. Because he's not going to come down to prop up your pride. 
He's not going to come down to prop up your delusion or your sense of self-importance. If Jesus is going to heal pain, you've got to be willing to pull back and say, right, here's the wound. Here's the real problem. Here's where I'm really struggling. Here is the real issue that I don't let people see when I come to church. And this is what I'm trying to hide when I put on my high heels. And this is what I'm trying to cover up when I fix my hair. And this is what I try to cover up with my astute commentary on social media. I don't want the world to know. I don't want people to see that I'm broken and I'm bent and I've been twisted and I've been dropped and I've walked around my whole life covering it up with $300 shirts and $10,000 watches hoping that nobody will see that I'm rotting from the inside out. And Jesus is coming down saying, if you'll lay all that stuff down and let me put my hand on that thing that's real broken, I'll heal it for you. Healing is a gift and all you have to do is receive it. But receiving from God is like a train that can't ride on tracks made of lies. It only rides on truth, honesty, and humility. Do you want to be healed? Our heart is in His hands, but the course of our life lays in ours. He gave us free will to choose. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And then, of course, we've now come to part two where Jesus says, pick up your mat and walk. I've tried to very compassionately imagine myself as if I were this man because in many ways I have been this man. Because there are things I have faced in my life. Things that the Lord has done for me that I know I couldn't have done for myself. That man couldn't heal his own situation. We'll just assume that it's his legs. He couldn't heal his own legs. But here's something I've learned about miracles. Is that there's always two parts to a miracle. There's the what that he heals. That's the change. He said, take up your mat and walk. And we see the scripture says, that man was instantly healed. I love it. Instant. The blink of an eye. It was broken and now it ain't. Then there's part two. You have to stand up and walk. Because why? When he heals us, when he frees us, when He delivers us, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. And that why, the reason, is a purpose. You have within you God's life and God's purpose. He doesn't want to see you or your purpose lost. To brokenness. But purpose is us co-laboring with God. It's working with Him. He will do what only He can do. But you have to do what only you can do. A wise man once taught us that God will bless you, but He won't never balance your checkbook for you.
I had a cross-country coach in high school. And uh, if you've ever run cross-country, like you run marathons or 5Ks or things like that, for me, some people's bodies are different, but for me, I knew when I was getting right around the two-mile mark, two-mile and a quarter, because I was an absolute beast. My will, sheer force of will and 17-year-old testosterone, I was unstoppable to about the two-mile mark. But how many know that everybody's body's got a limit? And about mile two, mile two and a quarter, I would start a cold sweat. Anybody who's ever run knows your mind, I got some hands, I see some people feeling my pain right now. Your mind will start telling you anything it can. It is screaming at you, stop. Don't do this anymore. We are miserable. I hate this. You're killing us, Jordan. Why are you doing this? We ain't got to be doing this. Cross country doesn't even have cheerleaders. Why are we doing this? You don't get a medal. It's just you and a bunch of other skinny guys from Habersham County, and you're just running through the woods suffering for no reason, and your mind is saying, stop this, stop this, stop this, stop this. And this is something my coach told me. He'd say, that's when you got to want it. <laughs> you got to want it. And he had a comical way of going about it, but you know what? That, that kind of became our war cry on our cross-country team. So we were, the, we were the Towns County Indians were our mascot. And so we, our cross-country track is called the War Path. And so we ran the War Path every day, and we were running the War Path. When everybody, somebody got real tired or they looked like they were slowing down, you'd holler out at them, you got to want it. You got to want it. Well, Coach King was right. I've learned something about Jesus. You got to want it. He will meet you at your mat. He will touch you. He will heal you. He will cause what is broken to become fixed. But only you can stand up and walk. You got to want it for you. You can't want it for mama. That good preaching right there. You can't want it for daddy. You can't even want it for your spouse or your children because they're not going to stand with you or beside you when you stand before his throne you got to stir up something in you that says, I'm going after what he has opened a door for me to have. He came and he met me right here in my brokenness. I'm not going to let it count for nothing. I am going to stand up, pick up my mat. I love all you boys that are still hanging out by the pool. I'm going to come by and see you later. But the, Jesus has come for me today. I'm rolling up my mat because I want it. I am going on into something new. I'm going into a new day. I'm going into a new season. I'm going to start exercising these legs that were broken. I'm going to face the judgment of people who they used to know me as the crippled guy hanging by the pool. I'm going to stand up with my shoulders back and my head held high while they judge me. And people are not going to understand why I'm asking for a job all of a sudden. I'm going to stand up because I want it. I'm going after what God has given me. You got to want it. You got to want it. So think about objectively what Jesus did when he healed that man's legs. He didn't just restore the man's mobility. He was restoring his ability to live and participate. 
in life. Something I've learned about Jesus is that when you find him, when he finds you, that is redemption. It's salvation made real in the blink of an eye. It's I know him. He found me. He saw me. He heard me. But serving Jesus is what brings rejuvenation. And I think a lot of times that we have this bad idea in church that this is me. And he finds me and he heals me and he restores me. And now my water is full. My cup is full. And then we do this. Oh, he's healed me. He saved me. And we, now we've got these fancy words like mental health. Trust me, I'm all there. You know that about me. Okay, but here's what we do. Anytime there's a demand in our life, anytime that Jesus says, okay, now let's, let's go work together. Let's go fight together. Let's go pray together. Let's go spend time in Father's presence together. We take the lid of our life and we go, oh, no. I'm, I, I didn't have any and now I have some. And, and I just I want to hold on to it. No, you can't have this. No, Jesus. And, we, and Jesus is saying, look, man, all I need you to do is just usher just a little. I'm sorry, Pastor Kathy. Just, just usher a little bit. Just greet a little bit. I want you to come down to the altar and make a fool of yourself today and, and let me pour out my presence. And we say, no, 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 no. My, oh, my water. My water. It's being poured out. Oh, no. Oh, no. And we walk around knowing the one who has cattle on a thousand hills. And we have emotional poverty mentality. We'll look at our spouses and go, I ain't got time for that. I'm so stressed out. I'm so worn down. We can't give to the kids because we're stressed out and worn down. Because we're trying to hold on to our little bit of water that we've got. Why? Because you've believed a lie that... He filled you at one time means he won't do it again. I need to let some people know today that he's met you. He's got you up off of your mat. He's asking you to stand up and start walking and you won't take two steps because you're so afraid that you're going to lose your water. Oh boy, I can tell we're on it this morning. A lot of people shy away from God's purpose because I don't know about you, but it's just part of the journey the Lord's had me on. That last night I was reading about the, 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 the 11 disciples. We won't, we won't count Judas this morning, but the 11 disciples and how far they went. And then obviously I personally, the, the Apostle Paul takes a clear role as a 12. That's just my personal opinion. But all those men and how they... Just poured and 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 poured. Sawn in half, beaten, shot with arrows, crucified, whipped in prison, stoned. By the very people that they're trying to teach and preach to. And they poured and they poured and they poured. And they poured and they poured and they poured and they poured. And I'm sitting there going, we won't get out of the bed to come to 10 a.m. service. How do you have peace when God is asking you to pour? Here's what I've learned. You don't have to be afraid to pour. 
it's all right, it's just water. It'll be fine. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid to pour. Why? It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you know. Hear me. Do you want to know what fulfillment looks like? Looks like this right here. And you see that little bit right there? See, there, I don't know if you can see it, there's so little. That's the happiest you'll ever be right there. The man who met me at my mat. He got me up. He filled me up. He caught, He put me, he picked me up out of miry clay and he put my feet on a rock. Solid ground. He filled me up and he's called me. He's made me. He's formed me. He's anointed me. He has supported me. He has provided for me and I'm going to pour, 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 pour and I'm going to pour freely because I'm not afraid. Why? Because this is fulfillment when you're poured out. Let me tell you something, friends. Now listen, I'm, I'm teaching and preaching a little bit at the same time today. There's so much need in your life. There's so many people in your life, they need you to pour. They need you to pour. I need you to pour. This church needs you to pour. People on these, sitting on these seats beside they need you to pour. Your family needs you. Your, your co-workers, they need you to pour. There's a lot of demand on that little bottle. Let me give you a tip. Don't be afraid to pour. When it gets down real low like that, stop. Run to God's house. Run to God's house. Hit your knees. This altar right here where I'm pouring out the water. We'll be here to sing and play, I promise. Take that last little bit and say, Jesus. Jesus, the last little bit's for you. And then watch what happens next. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. You pour out that last drop in the same man who got you off the mat. He will refill you time and 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 time. But preacher, you wasn't there. You didn't hear the argument that we had. You didn't see how much I had to pour out. It doesn't matter because he will refill you every single time. Last and final point, I'm going to send you home. Jesus said, don't sin anymore lest something worse happens. Let me paraphrase. Don't go back. Don't go back. The miraculous is when you get to know God's hand. It's what he does. But when you walk with him every day, you pour out and he refills and you pour out and he refills. That's how you get to know his face. Here's something I've learned about Jesus. 
His hand will change your circumstances. Knowing His face will change your heart. Remember, the Lord said that in the day of judgment, there will be people who stand before me. And they'll say, Lord, look at all we did. And we did it in your name. We understood the power of your hand. And he said, and I'll have to look at some of them and go, I don't know you. I need to speak to some believers in this room today. You've seen his hand. Don't forget his face. Don't forget his face. And there's nothing that you can put in this bottle except knowing him that will cause you to be full. I'm going to say that one more time to let it sink in. There's no accolade. There's no success. There's no triumph that will fill this bottle except knowing him. How is it that I keep from going back? When your bottle gets low, don't go back to what you used to know. I'm using a different tone today because I'm, I'm endeavoring to impress upon you a fresh truth. Don't go back to the pool because the people who hurt you can't heal you. Got some veteran saints right here. They felt that. I'm going to say that one more time. People who hurt you can't heal you. Circumstances who hurt you can't heal you. The brokenness of the past will never truly comfort. Familiarity is a deception. I have used traps on wild animals before. And do you want to know the secret? You put a smell on the trap that the animal is familiar with. And so little bunny rabbit, Cottontail, is going down the path and he's smelling things and everything seems fine until... (laughs) Listen to me, friends. There are some of us in this room that Jesus has gotten us off of our mat. We're walking. We're going forward. And as you feel the stress of pouring out, the enemy tries to tempt you. Go back to what is familiar. The Bible says in Proverbs that just like a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool will repeat his folly. In other words, he catches you while you ain't looking. He gets you with something that feels familiar, sounds familiar. And you think it's comfort, but it's a trap. And then you look around, and now what's worse than being lame and stuck by the pool. The only thing that's worse than being there in the first place is knowing that you could have been free, but then you chose to go back. I need somebody to hear me today. We're standing beside you. We're standing in front of you and behind you, and we are screaming, don't you go back. Don't go back to the mat. Now then. That feel all right? I could have my band come. You should have received communion on your way in the door this morning.
You've been such a patient audience today. Thank you. But it's with these thoughts in mind that we want to receive communion. Because this is a natural act that has supernatural. Bryce, right here. Just right here, too, as well. Sir in the yellow hat. It's a natural act that has supernatural consequences. This has spiritual weight to it. This is an act that in our soul, how we process it is by remembering. As we remember what Christ has done, we're also celebrating what He is doing. And that because he was, His body was broken 2,000 years ago, that means He is still healing today. Because He was broken, I can be put back together. Because He was broken, I can be restored. I'm believing today that for some of us, as we partake in bread together, that Jesus is going to get you off your mat. I'm believing there's healing in this room today. We'll say that again. I believe there's healing already in this room today. We were before service this morning, we were praying for tendons and ligaments and joints and nerve pains. Constant. Yes, ma'am. I believe that God's going to heal us as we partake in his brokenness. And as we let him enter into ours, he's going to bring healing. Does that feel okay? Here's all I ask from you. You don't have to say it to me or the person beside you. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Be honest to your God about your condition. If you're on a mat today, don't fake it. If you need him to meet you, you be honest about that. And you hold this bread in your hand that represents his brokenness and you say, Jesus, I need that. I'm hungry for it. I'm thirsty for it. God, I need you. So if you're ready to receive bread together, you can get yours here with me. I'm going to pray and you pray with me. If you don't know what to pray, you can pray what I pray to get going. It's okay. But Lord, we need you today. Lord, in my condition and in my state, I need the master. I need the savior. My king and my hero who was broken for me, Lord. You you paid the penalty for me today. You paid a price I, I can't even think about paying. God, I need that reality in my life today. God, if we're broken in our bodies and broken in our minds, Lord, we're asking for healing today. We need a healer today. God, who can heal us except you? God, I'm grateful that you were broken for me. 
Lord, as we receive this together, we do it with hearts full of gratitude. And we call it precious and holy what you did for us. Let's take together and eat. My cup will run dry if I don't steward it well. So will yours. There is one cup in this world that it will never run dry. It's the cup of salvation. There is and there will always be salvation for you and salvation for me. My life never has to be a desert again. Not because I am so great, but because Jesus poured out every drop. I don't know about you, but I am grateful this morning. I'm full of faith today. I'm full of victory today. I'm full of courage today because I know the one who fills my cup. And any time that I have need, any time that I am thirsty, any time that you feel the strain of a dwindling cup, we can drink this together and remember. Remind ourselves. Remind the circumstances of our life that His precious blood was poured out for me. Let's pray. Lord, as we prepare to drink together, I ask that you feel and restore every soul in this room. That you're filling up the cups in this room. Some empty, some half, some a quarter. But Lord, you're going to fill everyone to full. And that is the power of your cross. That your blood has redeemed, it has healed it has restored and it has filled us with a new spiritual life. If you're thirsty for that life this morning, drink with me. I want to do something this morning if I can. I know we're a touch over on time. If you're believing the Lord for healing in your body this morning, don't want anything from you, don't want to embarrass you, just wave at me. If you say, I'm believing for healing in my body this morning, just keep waving, keep waving, keep waving, keep waving. Holy moly, keep waving. Just right where you're at, take a receiving posture. Lord, we speak healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. the tops of the head to the bottoms of the feet. Healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name.
nerve pain, joint pain, ligament, cartilage pain. We say be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. He was broken and he was bruised for our healing and for our iniquity. Anyone have pain in their chest? Pain in the chest, wave at me. Yes, ma'am. Pain in the chest. Yes. Pain in the chest. No pressure. I speak to that pain. I tell it to go in Jesus' name. Whether it be nerves or bones or lungs or heart, we say peace be still and we speak healing in Jesus' name. Heartbeat, you be whole, you be normal. The timing of the heart, the valves of the heart, we say you be healed and you be whole. You open and close according to design. You beat according to to the design in Jesus' name. Who's got pain between your shoulder blades this morning? Anybody specifically pain between your shoulder blades? Just wave at me if you can. Pain between your shoulder blades. Yes, 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 yes. I was feeling nerve pain or bone, feeling like bone on bone. We say be healed in Jesus' name. We speak to those nerves and we say peace be still. In Jesus' name. We speak to cartilage that may be missing, and we say, you come back in Jesus' name. Fresh cartilage, fresh tendon, fresh muscle in Jesus' name. Chipped bones, bruised bones. We say bones be healed in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Pain. This is weird, y'all. Pain in your feet, in the bottoms of your feet. Pain in your feet. Pain in your feet, pain in your feet, pain in your feet everywhere, pain in your feet, pain in your feet. We just say, yes, ma'am, I see you, Miss Sue. We speak to that pain in the feet and we tell it to go in Jesus' name. Nerves be healed, tendons be healed, torn muscles be healed, broken bones that we didn't even know were broken, you be healed in Jesus' name. Pain is leaving people's feet right now. Pain is leaving people's feet right now. Somebody, God's healing your feet and pain in your lower back's going away. You're feeling pain up the back of the feet, up the back of the leg, into your lower back. God's healing you right now in Jesus' name. If that's you, you just say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. You just receive it in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Softly, 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 softly. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. The Lord told me to pray for people before I came down here this morning. It's okay. If this is no one, it's okay. This is, it feels a bit odd to me. But is there anyone that you, you feel anxiety or stress and you feel it in your guts? It feels like, I see your hands, I see your hands. Anyone else? Hands. You feel, I just feel tension. I feel like I could chew my way through a two-by-four. Then I feel this in my guts. I don't even know what that is. That's what I feel the Lord saying. We speak healing to organs in Jesus' name. 
kidneys, livers, intestines, we say be healed and be whole in Jesus' name. And then we speak to the anxiety, the, the mental, the soul effect of organ malfunction. And we say you be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to, if there's anybody in the room right here, you just wait in right here. Anybody struggling with anxiety, depression, tension, I feel like I could scream and I don't know why. If that's you, just wave at me. We say peace to the mind. peace to chemical levels in Jesus' name. We say, we say be healed, transmitters and receptors in the brain, the neurons, the pathways of the brain. We say you be healed and you be whole in Jesus' name. The connecting tissue, you be healed and you be whole in Jesus' name. My goodness, I love that. That feels good, don't it? I'm going to tell you why we're taking time to do this this morning. I learned about four years ago that there's nothing that God can't heal. There is nothing that God can't heal in the blink of an eye. He'll heal it. In the blink of an eye, He'll touch it. In the blink of an eye, He can fix it. Stand on your feet with me. I'm going to pray for you as we go. We just extend your hands like this. Just take on a receiving posture with me. Just pray this with me. Lord, I receive everything that you have for me today. Lord, I receive my healing. I receive rejuvenation this morning. Lord, I receive a new calling, a new destiny, a new purpose. Lord, I receive everything that you have for me today. Lord, I'm believing today as I leave this holy place, I'm leaving with a full tank, a full cup. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen, amen. Can we celebrate Jesus on the way out the door today? Online Gate Church family, what a morning, what a day, wow. Um, Jesus, we, we believe that Jesus was in the living room with you, in your car with you, wherever you are, asking you, do you want to be healed today? And we believe that your answer was yes. But don't forget, the miracle instantly happened, and the lame man had to get up and walk. We want to encourage you this week, go back to this preaching Listen to it again and again. Don't go back to the pool because Jesus is asking, do you want to be healed? He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be whole. And we are believing with you this week that you will experience his healing hand in whatever area of your life you need, that he will say, take up your mat and walk. Have a blessed week. We're looking forward to see you back next week same time same place and most of all we love you and there is absolutely nothing you can do about it have a blessed week